0: Hey, welcome to Faith in Real Life where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi, and I'm the pastor to men and single adults at First Baptist Found, and I am joined this week with Bryson McGuire, our student pastor. Hey-o. How are you doing this week, Bryson? I'm doing pretty good, Obi. How are you
1: doing? Doing good. Anything new in your world that we need to know about? Uh I'm going on a vacation this weekend. Oh, that's exciting. Is, it's exciting for me. By the time this podcast actually airs, the vacation will be well over. So, mm, so hopefully it'll have been a good one. I don't know I'll look back
0: and think about this. So do you want to tell people where you're going? Is it an exotic location
1: or a boring location? I'm or? going to Denver, Colorado. Denver. Ooh. Yeah. The it's, land of uh Uh, mountains and hiking and all that kind of stuff so
0: is there skiing
1: this time of year is that like a year-round thing so i think you can ski we're choosing not to okay so my wife sarah gets cold super easily and we also don't have like the equipment and nor do i have the patience to teach her how to ski so okay so you know how to ski though i actually know how to snowboard oh really yep i haven't gone in a couple years but i used to i've I think I've done three or four trips, and my friends and I—we all snowboarded. It is exhausting physically, but yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah. Much better than skiing. I think so? Better
0: than skiing, huh? You look cooler. <laughs> well, if that is indeed the goal, then I mean that's better. my truth. So <laughs> try hey, to fight that, man. Great segue. So we are talking this week about truth, um, and we're specifically comparing objective truth versus subjective truth. And so, just to kind of. Um, give people an idea about the difference between those. And then also kind of the concept that comes with subjective truth is relativism. And Mm -hmm. so just to give you some simple definitions, so you're able to follow this. um, And these are my OB paraphrase. These aren't like obisms. they're obisms. They're not copied and pasted out of anywhere. But, uh, you know, just based on uh, what I've read about these two topics. So objective truth then is independent of our experiences and perspective. So it's truth is truth, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what you feel about it. Doesn't matter what you've experienced. Doesn't matter your perspective. Truth is truth. Whereas subjective truth or subjectivity is uh, it's based on experiences and perspectives of individuals or cultures. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a, a distinction to make there because we could say within our one culture, within within even um, our area, within our church, right. people are going to have different perspectives of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can think even of this church, right? Maybe there's some that like one music, some that like another. So people have different perspectives. Well, so so for subjective truth, it can vary individual to individual. Right. Or you could vary culture to culture. Mm-hmm. So you could say like one culture values mm-hmm. life or um, is against certain practices sure. and another culture
1: is yeah. not. Well, even inside of the United States, so I'm from Springfield, Missouri, and it's a college town. Uh, compared to St. Louis and O'Fallon, which is a very suburban city influence. Right. Um, just in my two short years living here, I'm always kind of at because I lived in Springfield for twenty five years. and I there's a certain culture and values. There's nothing that's like crazy or good or bad and one's not right or wrong, but different areas, even like you know, they're only three or four hours away from each other, have completely different perspectives mm-hmm. on different things. Yeah, and so some of those things, we
0: would argue, Um, could lead to one is right or wrong. Some of those wouldn't. Um, And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, And so really, what is your measure? Mm -hmm. Is there an objective standard out there, which of course, uh, spoiler alert, Christians would say God and His Word would be an objective standard. Um, Or as kind of the culture points to is um, subjectivity. Is is that an okay way to view life and what are impacts from it? And so we're just going to kind of
1: think through that. Probably a practical way for those listening Like if you've ever listened or watched a TV show or a movie and they say something like, speak your truth, um, that's like a really modern example of what the subjective truth is, like I don't know what we're talking about. Um, And this idea of like, your truth is your truth. It's only your truth. And no one can take away from that truth because that's your experience. It's your perspective. And that makes it 100% real and 100% valid. And again, like, does your perspective matter? Absolutely. Are your experiences real? Absolutely. But does that trump or supersede what truth is? And that's probably what we're really talking about. Just as an example of it, this isn't just like some theoretical thing. I mean, this is in children's TV shows and movies and things like that, or not just children, but you know, just TV shows and movies and music and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it does influence us in our mindset.
0: Yeah. So I guess that's kind of where we want to begin is um, the influence or the impact that we've mm-hmm. seen in people. Uh, we could say culturally or whatever, but just in people, what, yeah. are, what are some things that maybe you've observed?
1: Yeah. So I think one of the things I've really noticed is people seem really at conflict with themselves. Um, there's a lot of confusion because the problem is when we have this mindset of subjective truth um, and the idea that subjective truth, like you said, that our experiences and perspectives trumps absolute truth. The problem with that is that I'm always gonna be at conflict with myself because if you come to me, Obi, and you say, this is my perspective and this is my experience, so therefore this is true, I'm at conflict because it may oppose my experience and my perspective, but that's your truth. And I can't oppose your truth because by opposing your truth, that means that there is subjective truth and that means that my subjective truth is an absolute truth. And I know that's kind of a very confusing way of saying it. Let's give an example real quick. Do you have an example? Yeah, I, I do. We, we so for
0: instance, this. on this uh, table, we have two coffee cups, right?
1: Your- oh, don't even get me started on the coffee.
0: <laughs> this is subjective, Bryson. Okay. I don't care what you say. It's not
1: objective. I'm going to speak to this because our listeners <laughs> need to understand what's happening. So Obi and I have discussed and debated in great detail how how coffee should be drank, okay? Mm-hmm. I believe that good coffee does not require a lot of additives, right? Sugar, creamer, flavors. Those things aren't bad, but that that's not good coffee. Obi, In excess, they're bad. OB literally dumps <laughs> half a can or a bottle of, like, powdered creamer into his coffee cup. Yeah. And it's just I put a little sugar, no. not too much sugar. And that's even worse. And then I do,
0: well, no, not too much sugar. I, yeah. I try to keep that at a healthy level. But then creamer, it's just is like dumping milk in there. Right. It's, I get a sugar-free.
1: So here's the problem, is that I'm right and <laughs> based off all of this. So
0: here's our subjective opinions right. and conflict, right? Because I would say that um, you hate your taste buds. Because coffee without sugar or creamer is bitter, and why would someone do that to their tongue? I, I just don't get
1: that. It's uh, it's an offense to my senses, sir. So it's a lighthearted conversation, but in a grand scheme, though, it is a reflection of a much bigger picture, though, um, because that conflict, if I say that everything that comes out of your mouth, if you like, Bryson, I'm going to speak my truth, coffee is, is gross without creamer in it how can I oppose that? Mm -hmm. That's your subjective truth. So that's 100% true. But then I'm like, well, no, coffee tastes better black. It's better in its natural form, the way God intended it. That's 100%. So both things can't be 100% true. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are much greater conversations that we can have about sexuality and abortion and gender identity and all of these things that are pretty prevalent in our culture right now. And again, the problem is, is everyone is speaking their truth based off their perspective and their feelings, and it can't all be true. We have right. to have something that grounds us. Right. Because, so here's, here's the distinction
0: we'll make. This conversation about coffees, that's fine, and uh, Bryce and I will continue that. Uh, until you can continue one to of be our, wrong, it's okay. Until man. one of our taste buds God change. God will forgive you. If one day I wake up and I can't taste things, then yes, I'll be fine by well. That uh, means black you have coffee. COVID, so <laughs> right? So you can uh, taste your coffee right now. I can taste okay. it, I can't really smell it uh, aftermath from COVID, but we are six um, feet apart, just for anyone who right. wants to know. <laughs> um, but we could say something simple about coffee, and that's kind of a lighthearted example. But where this comes into play is when you start to get to moral questions. Mm -hmm. Because God created the world with variety, so... You know he's fine with flavors of coffee and and other types of food and mm-hmm. and people and and experiences and, and variety is a good thing. So right. so when we talk about truth in that realm, there isn't really a truth um, to how a person can take coffee. It's true that you could actually enjoy coffee probably either way right. um, if you wanted to, or God made people where they could do it. So those perspectives, even though they differ, mm-hmm. there's not a there's not a an objective standard that says, no, one is right, one is wrong. We come at it with perspectives. But then we take that kind of um, approach to, um, to morality. Mm-hmm. And, and because we could see it in science too. So um, I, when you and I were talking before the show, I used this example of uh, like if someone were standing at a, a train crossing mm-hmm. and they can hear a train coming and it blows its, its horn and you hear it, it has a certain sound, right? But then when it crosses right by you, it sounds different. And right. then as it pulls away, it sounds different. And so there's a scientific, scientific example of of the travel of sound and mm-hmm. how, um, how as the wavelength hits you of sound, it's different. And so you say, well, see, there's an example of perspective. So absolutely. And yet we know that objectively speaking, yep. a train makes a sound. My perspective may hear it in different ways, but a train makes a sound. Mm-hmm. And so if we try to transpose that into morality. If we say, okay, well then there's clearly perspectives are a real thing and they are. And so we try to transpose that to morality and say, therefore, morals, Mm -hmm. I can just pick and choose what I want. And there's, there's no standard. It's just your truth. And so we could see how we could see how that could get dangerous really quick because let's take it to the, um, the logical in conclusion, The, the scariest it could be. Let's go there. Let's say that one culture just says, "Okay, well, human life is not important," and I'm not even—we're not even talking about abortion. We've talked about that in a different podcast. Right. Let's just say human life in general. Let's right. say there's a a specific um, ethnicity that a culture just says that ethnicity we just want to kill them. Mm-hmm. And people are say, "Well, that's an absurd." Well, right. no, I mean we've had there's that genocide. In, we've yeah. had that. In, yeah, we have a whole word for that genocide. We've had that in history, and so. The question becomes, okay, why is that morally wrong? Mm-hmm. If a person says, well, I'm okay with it, or a culture says, I'm okay with that, and if truth is subjective, then why is that wrong? Right. What do we have to say to where that could be wrong? You look like you're going to say something. I was going to
1: say, just because a culture says it's okay doesn't actually mean it is. Because, right. um, I mean, there's a lot of different subjects. We could look at multiple cultures. Um, both, you know, modern cultures, third world world countries in our world, wherever, you know, tribes and the most remote places of our, our, our world, they're all going to have different values. That doesn't mean that just because people have different cultural values or things that they're okay with, doesn't mean that it's actually okay. Um, You know, and so, you know, the whole thing about human life, like there are some cultures past and present where their view of, you know, defending themselves, murder, sacrifice, all that kind of stuff is different from how we would view that in America today. Um, That doesn't make it okay, right? right? Killing is still wrong, and we know that because the Word of God tells us, not because that's just how we feel, or that's just what our culture says is okay. Right, so there's the distinction that we're trying to get to for listeners,
0: is to hear that when we think about this impact, is we've taken something that is true, that people have perspective, and we've the word is conflated meaning Mm -hmm. we've we've tried to take one concept and force it onto another we've conflated the idea that people have a perspective with the fact that the there are there there is objective truth in this universe Mm -hmm. uh that that there is a standard it is wrong to kill regardless uh i I like to think of it this way if hitler and nazi germany had won and i know that's the the you know the cliche what everybody goes to but let's say they had won and now they thought it was okay to kill Jewish people, and, and they, they brainwashed the whole world. Well, okay, if, if the culture then of the whole world, because they're the victors, mm-hmm. says it's okay, I'm telling you, it still would not be okay to mm-hmm. kill Jewish people. And so that's the, the impact that we sometimes see. So I wanted to point people to Romans 1, verse 20 and, uh, through 22, and it says, for his invisible attributes, talking about God, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. Mm. As a result, people are without excuse. So this is saying that God exists, and you can see him just through nature. Now, there's right. all sorts of other evidences, right? Uh, and we'll, we can get into that another day, but just thinking exclusively of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. But this says just by nature we can know there is a God. But it doesn't stop there. In verse 21 it says, for though they knew God they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude instead their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened come uh, claiming to be wise they became fools and then verse 25 says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie mm. and so that's what we see a lot of times is that people have confused their perspective with truth right. it's okay to have a perspective just realize that Whatever you have an opinion about, there may also be a right answer. Come on. The, the difficulty with coffee is there, truth has variance there because there is no right coffee, right? There's, <laughs> there's people who... Well, baby... No, I'm just kidding. I know, I know where you're going with that. There's people who have different perspectives about what tastes good, and so yeah. taste is a subjective thing right. that the God of creation who created variety has mm-hmm. built into us. That is entirely different than a moral decision saying life has value, yep. people have dignity, uh, and God has standards. Mm-hmm. So if we exchange the truth of God for a lie, that is an impact. Mm-hmm. And so as we think of objective versus subjective, um, Knowing that God is, he is an objective standard and his word is the objective guide that we look to. And if we do things that are in opposition to his word, then we are impacted by it in in a dangerous way. Mm -hmm. All right, so the the word in scripture is um, hamartia, which is sin. How do you say
1: that
0: Humartia? Well, I always clarify this. I am from Missouri, and I love my Missouri. I'm from Missouri too. Oh, okay. So neither of us are technically the people who should
1: teach others how to say words. Probably. Probably. I actually came from Hicktown too, so Mm. it's even worse. Like uh, Like Small Town USA. Okay, so not the actual name of your town. No, no, it wasn't actually called that. That's what I called it because it's how I used
0: to talk. When I lived in Kentucky, I lived right next to a town called Possum Trot. You're kidding? Seriously? That is awesome. So and uh, yeah, possum awesome trot, Kentucky. Good people living there. I'm just saying, yeah. interesting name. Interesting. Yeah, name. there's a
1: place called Peculiar, Missouri. Yes, I did. Know I that. thought that was interesting. That's but.
0: peculiar. Oh, <laughs> someone had to say it, and I'm yeah. a dad, so it should be me. That's all, all right. good. So, uh, so when we think about the impact, of course, there's behavior and choices, the right. moral questions, but then also just the truth questions. So, like a person's worldview or philosophy, even their purpose in life. So I just. Uh, wrote down in my notes, John fourteen six 6, mm-hmm. um, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's fine to have a perspective about your favorite foods or drinks mm-hmm. or whatever, but we can't have that same liberty when it comes to the truth of the universe. Yeah. Uh, there is an objective standard, which is God, and he says no one comes to the Father except through me. So mm-hmm. we have to go through Jesus. That is an exclusive uh, statement worldview in the Bible yep all right so so that's kind of the impact um so hopefully people hear that but we want to talk now about some difficulties because just because uh, Bryson and I talk about this and we uh, believe very fervently from scripture that there are objective standards we need to Follow that doesn't mean the conversation's always easy. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the difficulties that we have in addressing this. So um, I said I would start, uh, but I want to start with
1: you on this one. What what thoughts do you have on this? So one of the I think the greatest difficulties you're going to face if you if you decide, okay, I'm going to really try to apply this. I'm going to really try to base my my perspective, my worldview. Um, the decisions I make um, off of this objective rather than subjective truth. Again, we're talking about the big things, the big moral, um, you know, eternal impact type things. Again, your favorite food or, you know, how you drink your coffee doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of eternity. But I think the biggest challenges you're going to face, number one, you're going to have to go against the culture. Um, you're going to have to go against the the kind of the, the fast-flowing current. Um, and it's a, I mean, it's heavy, man. I mean, dangerous it is nowadays. dangerous. I mean, it is. I mean, it is like everything has just broken loose and the floodgates have been opened and you're trying to stand in opposition to that. Um, You're going to get hit really, really hard and um, people aren't going to like you for it. You know, people are not going to like when you stand up and say, this is the truth. Um, but then they're going to stand up and say, well, no, this is the truth. And it's like, well, you're literally mad at me for the exact same argument that you're making. It's very confusing. Um, And so you're going to just stand up against it. I think we can do that as Christians in a loving, compassionate way. Um, I don't think it means that we have to be hateful towards people, um, you know, because again, without even realizing it, we do have cultural mindsets and worldviews and If a person's not even a Christian, well, why would we expect them to have a Christian worldview uh, when they're not Christian? Right. And so we have to show grace and compassion there. Um, But I think another challenge when having those conversations, uh, when, when dealing with these things is that any worldview that you have can be validated online. Like if I say that the earth is flat, guess what? There is an entire community of people I can find online very easily through through Facebook groups, through social media, through blog posts, through whatever it is. And they will continually validate my perspective. Are you a member of any of those? I, I'm i not going to say <laughs> on this podcast. Uh-huh. Um, I have my own conspiracy theories about life, but that's not one of them. Um, but I mean, like, you know, there, it's we, we've kind of lost this ability to be challenged in our thought process. Um, we've lost, maybe not even the ability, just the art form of it, just the the ability to have an honest conversation with someone with an opposing viewpoint, worldview or perspective, whatever you want to call it, and to walk away understanding the the grace, compassion, and relationship you have there. And instead of being challenged in our thought process, we just continually go to people to validate what we believe. And that's all we see. Even social media algorithms will show you what it believes you want to see consistently. Um, and so I say all that to say, you know, that's, that's just a challenge we're going to face. And the reality is, is that the world is falling more and more to moral relativism, um, subjective truth. There was a, um, a poll that came out and I think it was from Barna. I should have written that down. I wrote down the numbers, but Um, Barna is a very reputable source this isn't just like you know some random blog post I mean this is this is legit Um, and it showed the different generations the elder the boomer the gen x the millennial and the gen z generations Um, and the question was is lying morally wrong that was a simple question Uh, it was like 43 percent of millennials said yes that lying is morally wrong 36 percent of gen z which is kind of like right now our college age, kind of below, would actually say that lying is morally wrong. Isn't that wild? It is 36. crazy. And the interesting thing is when you go from elder generation down to Gen Z, it's just a it's a it's a decline. Meaning that I think they're calling it Gen Alpha, this up next new upcoming and emerging generation um, who are just infants, you know, children right now. That it'll be even lower for them potentially, you know, and and so what's funny is I want to be, I want to be like part of me even wants to say, well, it's lying, you know, like there's a lot worse things that they could, you know, have that perspective on. But I do think it is a reflection of like, like that, that slippery slope of relativism, right? That again, it's all relative to your perspective. Do you think lying is, is morally wrong? Yes or no. And when we, when we start down something that we could even say is just basic and fundamental as lying, um, like where does it go from there? There's going to be a whole lot of other moral issues, um, that we're just going to see in that continual decline as well. Cause that, that's interesting
0: because if you think about what people would be offended by, if, um, if someone came to them and they were talking about something important and the person, just bold faced lied to them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, they'd be offended. Right. And yet we do tend to think that it's okay in practice, mm-hmm. uh, if it's protecting us mm-hmm. and, and you almost say, well, why wouldn't people? Because, if we look in in our culture, some of the biggest people on stage nowadays, uh, politicians, mm-hmm. when you get up and you hear a report from either political party, especially if it's going after the other side, right, you almost assume that there's all sorts of at least hyperbole, right, which is stretches of the truth, which, right. um, which is, you know, pretty akin to yeah. a lie right. in my book. Um, so when you have leaders of an entire country, in fact, the most powerful country in the world, in fact, the most powerful country that's ever existed, when you have leaders of that country who don't have any compulsion to tell the truth, that, that they would just be fine, mm-hmm. um, well, I'm just going to fib because it's for our side, it's for mm-hmm. um, the ends justify the means, mm-hmm. and, and we get that kind of mentality and then we see people all the time at the top fall from grace. Mm-hmm. And, and we use that expression, fall from grace, um, but meaning they were in power and all of a sudden they do something that just entirely disgraces them. And so again, with this moral question is, why are they disgraced? What code have they offended? Mm-hmm. And if it's some sort of sexual assault or something like right. that, um, well, we of course would say that's wrong, because in scripture we would know that's wrong. But why culturally is that wrong? Mm-hmm. What would happen if there comes a day when they would say, well, actually, that's
1: OK? There probably will come a day where that will no longer be outrageous. Right. It'll almost be normative and expected, I would say, in some ways, unless it- things sh- Shift and change, right?
0: Because it would be hard not to, because yeah. it happens so often, mm-hmm. and so there's all this shame that oh, so and so fell from power, and they had um, all these emails and texts that are coming out about yeah. them, and all these speakers, and, and and it's like, yeah, okay. For one, we're not surprised by it anymore, which is um, sad. But for two, we should get to the root of the problem. Why is it wrong? And if they say because culture says okay, but the problem is, what if culture says? something else mm-hmm. because I would say it's still wrong. Right. Because the Bible would say it's wrong. Yeah. So just thinking about the difficulties that we have in addressing this, um, kind of along the same lines of what you're thinking, just that word grace, you mm-hmm. mentioned it. Um, Christians have a difficult task of speaking truth and grace. This mm-hmm. comes from Ephesians chapter four, where um the apostle Paul tells us to speak truth in love. Um, that is sometimes a hard road to walk. Yeah. Um, it's hard to have truth and not be judgmental, yep. that I can be discerning but not condemning. Right. That's a hard road to walk, but mm. it's the one God calls us to. It's hard to know that something is sinful, but I also am called to love that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the old expression, hate the sin but not the sinner. Um and you know that's a fine expression but really what it is is i hate all of sin including in me mm-hmm. and and i want to see people redeemed to christ and not just for their most observable sin right not just for the thing that every church everywhere would say oh yeah i can't believe they do that but no even the little hidden things mm-hmm. god wants to redeem the whole of them so a difficulty in addressing this is as we think of moral questions and um, relativism stuff like that ultimately the need of all people is the way the truth and the life it's yeah, jesus they right. need to come through him and so speaking that that real truth mm-hmm. in grace um is the challenge and the task i believe all right so we kind of want to finish this conversation with talking about uh, a biblical response of course we've included a lot of different biblical passages right. and things and so um what I want people to kind of hear is that God has a standard, and so I have two verses that came to mind. Uh, the first one is First John. I'll I just read two verses here. First John chapter two, verse twenty-one and twenty-two. Uh, the Apostle John says, "I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth." So just hear mm. that real quick. Yeah, he he's writing them people who are dealing with a a situation where there are false. Uh, teachers in their midst, and so he says, "I'm not writing you because you don't know mm-hmm. the truth. You know the truth. Yeah, but know this: that no lie comes from the truth." And then he goes on to say in verse 22, he says, "Who is the liar, if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son." And so all of Scripture points to there's all sorts of truth that God's had God has in the Bible. But it all points to the need for us to have a savior. And so Romans 3.23 is the other verse that came to mind. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So when we hear that word glory, it really means his standard, his perfection, mm-hmm. his holiness. Every single one of us has fallen short of that. And so a biblical response is just realizing that if relativism ever gets us to a point where where I say, well, the human desires in me are fine. Yeah. The the things that the Bible would call sinful are fine. If I ever get to that point or if I ever start thinking that, just realize I'm leaving truth behind. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving God's standard of perfection and holiness behind. And now may, uh, maybe people hear that and say, well, I can't be perfect, so what's the point? Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's why Jesus died, and right. so we need to surrender to Him. Yeah. But it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what he calls us to recognize: is that he does have a standard, and it's a standard worth aspiring to. Mm-hmm. Um, accepting Jesus's forgiveness on our behalf, right? Uh, because we can't do
1: it ourselves. Yeah. But still trying to live like Christ. Yeah. I think there's also a responsibility to for Christians and for churches on top of that to teach and to preach and to receive truth. And so I think about uh, the Book of Hosea. Um, in chapter four, so the people in the Old Testament, right? They they had this vicious cycle: they worship God, then they fell away from God, and they worship false idols, and then God gave them grace, and then He allowed them to live in the consequences of their sins, and then they returned to Him. It was just repeat over and over right. and over. And one of the phrases used in the Old Testament a lot is they did what was right in their own eyes, right? right? Subjective truth, and in, in a sense. And so um, there's this passage in the or Hosea four. Um, where where God speaks and He says, "My people are destroyed because they don't know Me." Um, another version would says like, "My people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge." Um, it says, "Since your priests refuse to know Me, I refuse to recognize you as my priest. Since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children." And so there's kind of two people really mentioned in here, or um, really actually three. Number one, uh, my people. So there's a the people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge for because they don't know God. Um, and, and I think that's I think that's really powerful. We as Christians have a personal responsibility, I believe, to know the truth. And this was even written at a time where they didn't have Bibles, right? They didn't have YouTube sermons. They didn't have all this stuff. They didn't have access Podcast. to They didn't have podcasts like faith in real life, <laughs> teaching them and telling them shameless what Shameless yeah, shameless plug right there. But you know, they didn't have all this. um as Christians in America or just Western society today, we have so much resources. It is almost shameful how little we actually explore the truth of God's word for ourself. Right. Um, but then he mentioned the priests. So the people who are supposed to be proclaiming the word of God aren't acknowledging the truth of who God is, of his word. Um, and I think there is a, an expectation that, you know, there are pastors and preachers out there that don't preach the word of God. That don't teach the word of God. I'm not picking on anyone by name by any means, but um, you know, and no one's perfect. So please but look out for that. But look out for that. Absolutely. absolutely. And so, so when I look at this, there's a personal responsibility in the Christian, but there's also power when the when a pastor, when a priest, whatever you want to call them, proclaims the good news of the gospel—a very clear, defined gospel that is from the word of God—and that they preach they preach the word, not opinions. See, everyone wants to pick on these big celebrity pastors. And I'm like, I'm going to be real. I've heard some pastors of some churches that, you know, there's nothing right or wrong about big church or small church, but you hear these sermons that are 30 minutes of their opinion. And you're just like, that's not preaching the word of God either. So from the the big church, from the celebrity pastor to the small local town church pastor, um, we got to preach the word of God. And then the third people is uh, his children, um, that God says, hey, because you've forgotten to obey my laws, I will forget to bless your children. That means the future generations. Um, There is a responsibility from the person and the pastor um, for not just even for us, but for the future generations to preach and proclaim the word of God. If we don't do that now, um, then I I, I guess my thing is, is why are we so shocked that there is a decline in moral That that there is a decline of moralism from an absolute perspective in our society when pastors and preachers and people Christians have not actually sought the truth of God's word and so I think how do we respond to it like we have to be in the word we have to know what we believe you cannot just take what your pastor says at face value don't take this podcast at face value like if you agree with us that's awesome uh know why you agree with us if you disagree with us that's cool too. um explore the word of God and find out why do you agree disagree with us yeah, because what we
0: try to do here is base all of our opinions on Scripture. Uh, we want to except wanna, for the coffee. Except for the coffee, yeah. that's true. Some of our illustrations maybe are questionable. Uh, like who could drink coffee without creamer? I, I just don't know. Uh, we'll check on his salvation later. But um, but just thinking about even this podcast, what I hope makes it strong is that we do always go back to Scripture. Mm-hmm. We we try to use Scripture as our our objective standard and so if there's someone listening who they don't have a church and if you're in our area we'd love to have you but if you're not in our area man you still need to find a church that mm-hmm. is a Bible believing preaching church that the pastor believes what the Bible has to say is more important than what they have to say Yep, uh, because we do because it's the objective standard not the the opinion of a, a charismatic leader and I don't mean charismatic, as in the denomination. I mean someone with charisma. Right. The opinion of a person with charisma who's like easy to follow. Their opinion is not more important than Scripture. Mm-hmm. That is a subjective opinion, as opposed to Scripture, with it which is objective. So that's what I hope people hear today: is it is fine for you to have opinions on all sorts of things. Just realize that the God of the universe, who created you and sustained you, has given us His Word, and He says this Word is my guide to you it's a yep. lamp to your feet a light to your path and so he gives this to us to guide us to be the authority over us including in those instances where i don't like what it says yep right including those ones where it, it pokes me right in the heart and i'm like ooh that's me that's conviction conviction he's he's getting right at me man that's the time i need it the most because yep. it's great when when my personality my wants and desires and opinions are all in line with scripture but when they're not, I need to realize that I'm the one. My my subjective relative opinion is skewed yep. away from the objective standard. Well, we thank you for listening to Faith in Real Life. Don't forget to subscribe and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for you to stop by and visit one of our church services and a small group which we call life groups in person or online. And you can find out all the details about things happening in our church through social media and at FBCOfound.org. That is FBCOfound.org. And we'll see you next time.